Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. We are thrilled to be sponsored by Vincere, a global ATS system that truly transforms the experience of every single user in the recruitment industry. We are also really proud to be partners to Needy, the bespoke gift matching service using psychology and AI to, to remove boring gifts and experiences. We'll tell you more about them later in the show. And we are also very proud to partner Inclusion Crowd, the diversity and inclusion specialist for the recruitment industry, something that you all need to know about. But again, more information later on in the show. Thank you for choosing to listen. Remember to click the subscribe or follow button so you'll be alerted to any new episodes that we release on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. But enough of this, let's jump into this week's guest. This is one of those episodes that we managed to do within about 25 minutes, but it could have gone on for hours. This guest is absolutely the expert when it comes to cultural intelligence. Matthew McLachlan is the Head of Learning and Innovation at Country Navigator. And during this episode, which you'll have to keep up, we talk about a plethora of subjects all around culture and values. This is an episode that will be very appealing to leaders and to recruiters too, who maybe are starting out their career journey or who find themselves working remotely. That's something that we do talk about a little bit later on. Why we need to think about how learning changes our behavior and how we can do better as individuals, whether you are a recruiter or a leader, to ensure that we raise our industry up how we can hire better on culture and what cultural intelligence actually means and how this will mean that we actually not only attract and hire the best talent, but we retain the best talent and in a very inclusive way. I hope you enjoy the episode. We can't wait to hear your feedback on it. So without further ado, let's jump in. This is Leisha Holmes, and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and I am really excited to welcome to our guest, to you, our audience and our community today, a guest who I've been having a wonderful time getting to know off camera, and I'm I'm really looking forward to our topic today. It's a, it's a topic we've never actually talked about on the podcast, despite having over 150 episodes over the last couple of years. So this is Matthew McLachlan, and he is the Head of Learning and Innovation at Country Navigator. Welcome to you today, Matthew how are you very well thank you Alicia very well indeed thank you and it's great to be here it's, it's a I'm really looking forward to it yeah me too so there'll be lots of people that won't know at all what you do and what your business does so for the sake of them understanding a little bit as a headline what is Country Navigator and what do you actually do yeah it's it's I'll give you the technical the technical name first we we, we are uh, cultural intelligence and inclusion uh, specialists we provide um learning solutions both digital and live to life to, to organizations around the world to help them be more culturally intelligent particularly uh, in international working across uh, cultural borders um, but focusing a lot on inclusion as well um, obviously very hot topics at the moment but we've been doing it for about 30 years wow yeah that's amazing yeah no absolutely it's a very hot topic at the moment so um without sounding stupid just explain to me what cultural intelligence actually means because it's i think we talk about culture all the time in recruitment so what yeah. exactly does that because it's cq isn't it that's what you yeah mean. so cq i mean it's, it's very similar in, in many ways to, to eq emotional intelligence 
Um, but cultural intelligence is very much that uh, set of skills and competencies that enables you to understand the cultural background, the cultural preferences and styles of another person, and then find ways to work effectively uh, together as a, as a team. We're very keen to, 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 to differentiate between culture and country. Yeah. And quite often they're, they're treated as, as synonyms. We see culture as much, much more complex than that. Um, so it's everything that that makes you up, all the little influences, your experiences, your backgrounds. Um, so particularly, I mean, for, for, for recruitment, I guess it's absolutely crucial to be able to understand your candidate's culture, what their their work approaches are, what their styles are, um, to, to, to help them get into the right position. Or more importantly, help the companies you're working with recruit the right people. Without a shadow of a doubt. And I think, you know, that's really the distinct difference of where... I've seen the industry totally transform from being, you know, almost we've we've all managed these little microcosms of kind of regionalized where culturally, you know, it's probably, I don't want to say easier to understand a business and what a person is coming from, but actually the world is totally, we're totally globalized now. And that's also been, you know, I guess another layer of that is the fact that very often a lot of our listeners in our community will be working remotely. So Absolutely. I mean, there's so many different layers. I've got so much brains going off here and <laughs> all the things I want to ask you. So yeah. let, let's bring it back to one of the things on your profile on LinkedIn, um, which I thought was a great profile on LinkedIn, by the way, is that you you quote here that learning must change behavior. Um, so, I mean, I think in recruitment, these, you know, there are some traits that we clearly need to do better. Um, if, you know, we think about the evolution of a recruitment consultant, typically. So let's just, I just want to talk about that first of all, in terms of behavioral traits and why, you know, if we're all here to learn, ultimately, that's why people listen to podcasts. Why do we need to change our behaviors or look at our behaviors? And then on another level, how we can then achieve true inclusivity when we're thinking about how we're impacting other people with our behavior. We briefly interrupt this chat on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to introduce to you our partnership with Vincere, the recruitment operating system. Vincere is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach, all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincere, because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincere.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat. So those are, those are two questions that I could probably take 12 months to answer. <laughs> so, so, we don't so, have that long. Gosh. So I, I, don't know how, I don't know how patient your, 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 your listeners are, but I'm um, to deal with the first one first, the, okay. the why. Uh, and I think it's actually relevant to, 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 the, to, the, to, the, to your listeners in terms of the time they're investing. Um, if learning is just a nice way to spend 30 minutes, um, then you shouldn't be doing it at work. Frankly, it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be part of your work. And if learning doesn't change your behavior, then the only thing that you're evaluating that time on is, did I enjoy it? Um, 
and work has we have to enjoy work obviously but learning is about making us better as people making us better at our jobs uh, help us to, to interact better with people and if you um it's one of the, the huge criticisms of dry um diversity e-learning courses mm. is that they spend a lot of time telling you about the 27 definitions of unconscious bias and the, the 400 different types of, of microaggressions but they don't actually tell you how to do anything about it mm. um yeah. and so i very very firmly believe that if if i've got a client in front of me and i've probably only got 30 minutes to persuade them to, to buy my product i want them to, to to believe and to know that our goal is to change the behavior of the people in their organization mm. obviously for the better absolutely and, and obviously in, in terms of what we do as recruiters we're not dealing with products we're dealing with a service it's but that absolutely. well technically that product is a person yes. so you know so actually this this is a really important part of our mindset isn't it because mm the sort of traits and behaviors that we have as recruiters well so do those individuals that we're placing as candidates and our clients so it's just you know there's different echelons to it I suppose uh, that's very succinctly put because I imagine it's that's the, not even the tip of the iceberg given absolutely not you know, <laughs> it's a very complex so I think that you know this a lot of this will come down to mindset won't it that people yeah. that are choosing to take you know the 20-30 minutes to listen to any podcast they see that as their self-development part of their learning experience and those that choose not to or maybe have other areas maybe they just feel feel that they don't need to change their behavior so you're always going to get those with maybe closed mindsets possibly oh absolutely i think that's that's why the, the heart of cultural intelligence is self-awareness it's understanding yourself and your own approach mm. our, our entire tool at country navigator is built around uh, a cultural profiling tool that allows people to understand what how those cultural differences within themselves manifest in, in their attitude to task or relationship or, or their attitude to time, for example, or hierarchy. And understanding yourself, I, I can't remember, I think it was Plato or Aristotle who said, students know thyself first. In other words, if you know yourself, then you're in a position to learn. You're in a position to learn and in a position to understand other people much, much better. So when you're when you're partnering your clients, and obviously yeah. these would be employers, I imagine of every sort of distinction, not Absolutely. just recruitment, those people that are choosing to assess their culture, to en enhance their culture, presumably to attract yeah. and retain the best talent, yeah. those leaders will be self-aware enough. I think self-awareness doesn't get talked about enough. So how Absolutely. Do we, how do we know if we're self-aware? I suppose if 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 you know you need to learn something, if you know you need to be better then you're you're on the path to self-awareness mm -hmm. and, and let's if we take it out of the business context for a second we are all aware of of friends or, or acquaintances who we consider arrogant yeah and to me arrogance is the absence of self-awareness arrogance says i am the best at what i do i don't need to learn from anybody Fortunately, there aren't very many people like that. No. If you recognize that you need to learn, if you recognize there are things you can do better, you started that path of self-awareness. Mm. So there's an element of humility there, isn't there? That, you know, we can't Absolutely, all yeah. know everything about everything. Uh, I think you're right. I think it'll, there's, there's, again, this kind of stereotypical, very misconception that recruiters are this arrogant, bombastic, bullish, I know yeah. everything and I'm going to... But actually, most people you actually engage with are on a, a continual journey of self-development, awareness, yeah. learning. Um, and I'm a huge cheerleader that that's what I think most of the recruitment industry represents. And it's our 
role to ensure that that's how our, our clients see us too. Gosh, it, this is just an absolute minefield. It really is. <laughs> well, I, I could have done with it with a decent recruiter a couple of years ago. I was hiring someone to join my team. Right. Um, someone, and, and I, I don't necessarily uh, associate age with experience or anything at all. They were straight out of university, quite young. Mm. And the whole interview, they told me how brilliant they were and how they were going to change my business. Wow. And I thought, yeah, we want you to change our business. But actually, mm. I need you to learn. I've been doing this for 25 years. I know a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, I need you to learn. Yes, I need your fresh enthusiasm and your insight. But if you're not open to learning, then and, and we didn't hire that person. We took someone who was much less qualified, much less confident, much less ready, but investing in them mm. um, actually paid, paid dividends. I've got a brilliant team now. Yeah, but that and that kind of proves the point about culture, doesn't yeah. it? So I want to go back to culture. Yeah. Um, so cultural intelligence. So obviously we hire for in recruitment. I'm talking as recruitment yeah. here. We hire for our industry, for recruitment industry, yeah. based on culture fit. That's, you know, I've been doing recruitment to recruitment for 20 years. So how do we truly know whether somebody we're hiring is the right cultural fit based on cultural intelligence and that we're not just we're not hiring them for the wrong reasons. And I mean, this is the biggest question I could ever ask anybody about our yeah. industry because it is the most talked about topic when it comes yeah. to me partnering recruitment firms. The Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is thrilled to be partnering with Inclusion Crowd. Inclusion Crowd put the D into diversity, but do it disruptively. We love that. Really reflecting what we're about. I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society, and that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell, you have a contribution to make, and Inclusion Crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally inclusion crowd like the recruiters recruitment podcast has clients all over the world and they specialize in our industry what we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening, making more profitable business and a much better industry, higher regard, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the inclusion and diversity certification mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering inclusion crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode and remember to mention the recruiters recruitment podcast when you do so. Now back to the episode. Before I answer the question directly, um, can I challenge you on cultural fit? Yes. So cultural fit for me is extremely controversial. Okay. What cultural, what cultural fit says is that I want to hire someone who looks like me, sounds like me, behaves like me, 
thinks like me and that'll destroy your business yep um i don't want to say you want to you want to hire people who 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 don't fit culturally yeah but if you're if you're if you're hiring identical people if you're pi- pe- applying p- hiring people who are cut out of a mold by a cookie cutter yeah. um, then then you might as well just clone yourself i mean technology is not quite there yet but you're not getting that fre- those fresh insights those fresh ideas um i i posted on linkedin recently um a, a post that really really resonated with people i want people to disagree with me mm. i want someone who does things differently mm. um just as a very very simple organ- uh, example i am extremely disorganized um i have project management tools i have planners i have lists all over the place um <laughs> it means i'm quite agile it means if something comes up urgently i can get onto it straight away yeah but one of my teams uh, team members um tanya who who won't forget who won't uh, um forgive me for for t- for mentioning her name she is extremely organized she's absolutely brilliant at keeping projects on track yeah. without her i suspect we wouldn't ever deliver something now if we'd hired for cultural fit we'd have a whole team of tanyas and everything would go exactly according to plan but no no ability to 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 flex to a different situation yeah. if if we um hired everybody like me would be bust in a couple of weeks time to <laughs> never deliver anything um but, so i think it's really important that 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 yes we have this concept of cultural fit we don't want people who are going to disrupt too much but i'm always nervous when people say we require we we hire specifically on cultural fit i've got a confession to make that was a bit of a contrived question (laughs) i'm just so pleased because i've been unbeknownst to me i've actually probably been quite woke for a very long time because i've always challenged that expression because otherwise all you're doing is replicating clones and i can't imagine a world of leashes you know an office full of leashes that that the uh, the concept of cultural blend or cultural ad to me is much more realistic it truly being inclusive in how you're hiring I'm going to give an example and I'm going to embarrass somebody now who is actually the producer of this podcast, Shannon Rowland. Um, we have got a lot of similarities in our mindset, in our values, but in terms of behaviours, you'll never see her doing this on, you know, she's the woman behind yeah. it. You asked me to go and actually then produce this podcast. I wouldn't know where to start. Yeah. So, you know, like you, I'm the creator. I'm quite disorganised and I'm sure there'll be plenty of people that's probably had the wrong interview time put in their diary, but I know I'm good at what I do. Yeah. I've, you know when Shannon came to me I saw this very different kind of personality in this different person but was unique to herself but I could see what she would add to my business and that's what I all I always challenge my hiring companies my employers my my clients effectively when you say culture fit what do you actually mean because the reality is if you're just a load of mid-20s to mid-30s white men in your tight trousers looking like wolf of wall street that's all you will ever be if you are looking for true diversity and you want to bring in the right talent what are you doing around gender you know we we need to address these gaps so i'm 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 sorry i kind of no no absolutely and i I think i think you've actually mentioned the, the, the key word there values and i think every every organization has two sets of values. You have the, the values that the marketing department have thought of brilliant and they put on the website. Or on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then you have the values that are the lived values of your, your, your business. Yeah. And those are the ones you should be recruiting for. Yeah. If I didn't believe in cultural intelligence and inclusion, 
even if I had PhDs, and I don't have a PhD, even if I had PhDs and 30 years experience and I wrote the best training ever, I would be the wrong fit for Country Navigator. I have to believe in the, in, in the products. I have to believe that the work I do is changing behaviours. And I think particularly in, in the world of inclusion, there's nothing worse than someone who churns stuff out without actually believing in it. I agree. Think of Ian Duncan Smith. Sorry, I mustn't, mustn't say that. Um, <laughs> think of a of, of, of a right wing politician, extreme right wing politician, writing inclusion programs, and and you you know that they may be very good at what they do. They may be absolutely um, excellent at at creating learning experiences. But if they don't believe in it, mm. they don't want people to change their behaviours. No, they don't. And actually, just and this is why I had to ask you, because obviously you yeah. are the expert and you've got a, a you know a brilliant objective perspective of what's actually happening and, and then educating people on it. But from my point of view, obviously, people, why do people leave companies? Why do people actually leave jobs? It doesn't matter whether you're recruiting recruiters, whether you're recruiting chefs, you leave a company because you don't believe in their value system. That act, whether it's you leading, leaving a bad leader you've not been treated well, you've not been allowed to yeah. go flex, whatever it is, it, what, it boils down to the fundamental reason is you don't match on value. So therefore, we will conclude, I'm sure, and you can give us some ideas how to make sure we are assessing this, we have to hire on values. And that's what cultural, you know, the cultural intelligence piece means. So based on that, so we, you know, I explained to you off camera, our listeners, you listening now, you're probably sat there, wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us. We're so grateful. You either, we call you an aspiring leader or you're already a leader, or you're somebody that's probably starting your career or working through your, your consultancy, you know, piece, which is fantastic. How are you going to make sure you're matching up to a candidate to a company value? So how, what advice can you give to our listeners? We are so proud to be partners of Needy, the gifting revolution. Here at Key Recruitment, we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs, but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. Well, interesting enough, I think you've asked the question already, Leisha. I think when you're talking particularly about values, you really need to ask, what do you mean by that? Okay. Um, and what behaviours do you believe represent that value? Okay. So, so for example, with, with, within our business, in, in the learning business, um, I need to be able to challenge accepted truths. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to say no to power. I need to be able to say to people, um, 
this is the better way of doing it. I need to be able to talk to a client and say, the way you're doing things is not going to lead to, to better leadership. Mm. Um, and in my behaviours, I have to be able to demonstrate that I can do that in a humble way. Um, I need to do that in a way that isn't going to really annoy the hell out of the uh, the account managers who are running that account because they want they they need need they need to make the their sales targets. Um, so it's actually probing into if if you have the value of respect for others, fantastic. What does that mean in your behaviours? Yeah. And for me, that's a really really good question. Don't say, um, give me an example of when you've shown respect to someone else. <laughs> um because i i can invent that i mean i i i have in a previous life coached people for for career development and for for, for for interviews and i can give you i can give anybody a set of answers that will get them through a, a competency sure. interview yeah. um but actually if you start probing what behaviors mm. in you show that you do demonstrate respect to others and how does that affect them? How does that come out in reality? And I think that's really that's where cultural intelligence can come up, come in really, really valuable because you're you've got the self-awareness to know what your behaviors are. And then the cultural intelligence starts, helps you to understand that respect is shown in, in different ways by different people. Mm. I've been doing some work with um, people who are hosting Ukrainian refugees. Right. Um, and respect and politeness is really, really important. If you have a guest in your home, you expect them to be sort of respectful of, of your behaviours. One of the biggest things that the hosts have said to me is that some of these Ukrainians are just so rude. Right. They don't say please or thank you. They don't ask. They don't. Um, they, they, their children just go and get stuff. That's not rudeness. That is the fact that within the Ukrainian language, please and thank you are just used less frequently. Politeness is shown in a different way. The way children are brought up is if they're hungry, they go to the fridge and get food. Um, and so it's it's really important that when you're asking someone to show the behaviours that, that correspond to a value, mm -hmm. that you recognise that um, their cultural influences, their cultural background will influence how those behaviors manifest how they come out yeah no it's really interesting and just as a total aside for anybody that's hosted a ukrainian family or refugees just thank you thank you for absolutely doing i mean absolute heroes all human beings just to be so generous and let's hope that you know the conflict at some point ends for these families and they can be reunited but that's a total aside so i want to go back to something that you just covered on there but actually linked right back to the start of the podcast where we talked about the globalization of the world and how you know there'll be lots of our listeners now that are listening possibly in the uk possibly yeah. or wherever you are that have teams that are working remotely or in other locations so how do we ensure when we, if we think about again the job as a recruiter is to kind of unite a, a candidate with a, a, a company's culture yeah. how do we ensure that you know somebody's working remotely can be part of a culture if they're remote yeah it's it's really really tough it's really really tough and and once someone's been hired that induction process is absolutely essential i mean there's <laughs> there's practically yeah, there's practical things. I mean, I think one of the most effective ones I've seen is is a almost a rotating buddy system. So, oh, okay. so, so during COVID, we, we a lot of us did um, coffee lottos, where where you draw a name out of a hat and you have a, a virtual coffee with someone um, you've never met in in your I like that. But I think you do something with a new starter. You do something similar. It's, it's all very well to have a buddy, 
um, who's assigned to look after you. What normally happens, um, and, and uh, I hope none of my previous employers are listening, what normally happens is, is the person who's not very good at their job gets assigned to be the buddy because they're the one who's got the most time. Wow. Okay. And so, and so what happens is your new employee gets stuck with the most demotivated person in the office <laughs> to show them around and, and or in, in, in the team. So I think what you do is you rotate. So two or three people, four or five people, in, in depending on the size of, of the team, just spend maybe a couple of hours um, a week for the first. So one person spends two hours and two separate occasions uh, in the first week, a different person in week two and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Get them to, to feel welcomed and they'll be um, introduced to, to, to what that person does, but also socially. Get to know them. Um, not everyone is, is comfortable sharing everything about their personal life, but we do as humans crave relationship. Yeah, we we have to feel belonging. And if we don't belong, we'll go somewhere where we do. Yeah, no, it's really, I'm really pleased that I asked you that question because I think it's going to resonate with, I would say if one, if one listener learns from that, I think that is absolutely vital. I think that sense of belonging, I think that's something that we all really missed and craved during our horrendous lockdowns in 2020. And I think that's why hopefully as as we sort of continue to flourish in 2023 and beyond, that's something that we can environment. I like the thought of that rotating buddy scheme and I don't see why that couldn't work in a you know in the real life situation in, in an office that actually this kind of premise that you know you sort of whether you've got a leader or whoever it might be that's mentoring actually it's a really nice way to get to know the business in a broader context and it doesn't need you don't need to be sat there talking about you know your sex life or anything like that it oh. can just whatever feels safe yeah that's, again that's 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 truly inclusive well that i mean gosh we've, we've got <laughs> so much here so yeah. in terms of um obviously the you know you what what you're seeing in your client base what yeah. do you think we can learn from i guess the best best practice around cultural intelligence and this concept of culture ad that we can then because i think that recruitment the recruitment industry is an educator we are going out into the you know we're a multi-billion billion dollar sector we're educating our end users what can we be doing to educate our client our end user clients in terms of cultural intelligence so the most common meeting or phone call i have with 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 customers is where i'm doing some kind of needs analysis i'm trying to find out what their situation is and generally one of the first questions i ask so so tell me about your team culture and then there's this really really embarrassed silence okay because people don't have the ability to describe their culture because they've never really thought about it and i think one of the real challenges for a leader or a team manager or, or, or any kind of supervisor is to actually think about and discuss with your team what the culture is. Mm. Um, a culture is will form whatever you do. If you don't intentionally create a culture, you'll have a culture. Yeah. yeah. Um, and most often, if, if you don't do anything about it, it'll be a poor culture. It'll be a toxic culture. It'll be a culture where, where people are afraid to be themselves, where they're unable to share themselves and you'll notice that because people will leave people won't hang around Mm -hmm. Uh, if you actually talk about your culture you have the ability then to a engage everybody uh, in sharing how they work best how they want to work how they um how they communicate more effectively so again we uh in a team i was working with um again during during covid lockdown um 
there was a, uh, a Muslim lady in my in my team who refused to put her camera on during team meetings. We'd known her, she was really outgoing, really, really open, uh, really, really friendly, but she just would not put her camera on. Um, but we talked about culture. We were a team that were able to talk about culture. And she was able to say, well, look, I wouldn't invite strange men into my home when my husband's not here. Yeah. And so why would I put my camera on when he's not here? Mm. Um, yeah. And I completely understood. Now, yeah. it, 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 it's not necessarily about being a Muslim. It's not necessarily being, being about a, a, a woman at home. But the fact is, by talking about what she was comfortable with, it was no longer an issue. No, absolutely. Um, so rather than the team resenting her, mm. everyone was, oh, that's really interesting. Tell us about it. Tell, tell, tell us what, 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 because we, we didn't know that she was a practicing Muslim. Um, so, so she actually got to talk about her faith with the team. How oh, fabulous. Uh, which, which, which was a really, really great way. Now, mm. we needed to make sure that we weren't putting her on the spot. We weren't making her feel uncomfortable about it. Mm. But she was able to, I think, to be able to do that because we were comfortable talking about cultures. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people, um, Helmut Goering, um, one of those wonderful people you should never, ever use as a role model, once said that when I hear the word culture, I reach for my pistol. Um, but actually, it's that's typical of a really bad leader. We need to be talking about culture. We can't be afraid of culture. No, absolutely. And and just listening to you there and, and the example of, of that lady in particular, it's all about communication, isn't it? That's yeah. what it comes down to. And actually, you can't dictate your culture. You have to get feedback as a leader on what yeah. does our culture mean. And it all stems back to the values and yeah. the why. Um, and I think it's a really, a really lovely way to finish the, the podcast, because I think that's something that we can all take from that, that if we communicate better to each other, we make each other feel safer. Absolutely, absolutely. Business is communication. Uh, and if you don't communicate, you don't have a business, you don't have relationships. So I think absolutely right. I, everything is about communication. Definitely. Well, it's been so insightful. God, we could have literally talked for about 12 months. <laughs> We've done it very succinctly for our audience. And we're really grateful for you joining us today, Matthew, on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Thank you very much.